This is episode number 115 of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jesse Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hey friends, it's Jesse. I'm jumping in here quickly before today's show with a very exciting update. The annual spring class of the Postnatal Fitness Specialist Academy is opening for registration on May 7th, 2020. The Postnatal Fitness Specialist Academy is my fully online course for practitioners and people who want to learn how to more effectively coach postpartum clients and patients in exercise activities and in their pelvic health function while helping them care for their whole health. Over the past three and a half years, there have been over 500 students from around the world who have gone through the academy. Our students are personal trainers, group fitness instructors, physical therapists, pelvic health physios, chiropractors, and a variety of other health and movement professionals and non-professionals alike. The PFSA will give you a vast and solid foundation on coaching and training postpartum people through 10 modules of step-by-step video, written, and audio training that will turn you into a confident postnatal specialist in about three hours of learning per week, training guides for each stage of the postnatal journey from zero to three weeks all the way through the first year and beyond of postpartum, systems for specific activities like a 12-week return to running program, guidelines for moms who have had C-sections, are experiencing diastasis recti and pelvic organ prolapse, and multiple bonuses including a done-for-you six to eight-week group training class format so you can start generating revenue straight away for in-person or online training. Get yourself on the wait list now at jessiemundell.com forward slash PFSA 2020 to gain early access to enrollment and to save over $100 on your registration. That is linked in today's show notes. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of To Birth and Beyond. It's Jesse Mundell and Anita Lambert. Well, hi. This Hello. is uh, <laughs> life has changed a little bit since we recorded here last. Anyways, talk to face to face like this. So at the time we're recording this, it is April fourth, twenty twenty, and we are all amidst the pandemic that is coronavirus and COVID nineteen, and uh, our lives and our businesses have been significantly changed within the last few weeks. And we know that this is happening for everyone on a relative scale, but the bottom line is that this has thrown the world into 
a tizzy and we're all living that to some degree. So how are you? <laughs> I would say when people ask me, I just, I'm okay. Like, and I feel like every day is different. Um, going through like so many different emotions and just feelings towards everything that is happening. Um, and it is one of those things where, like you said, it's affecting everyone. It is affecting the world. And everyone has different challenges that they're facing with it. Um, and you can't, you can't really remove yourself from it. Like it, it is everywhere, um, as in information about it. So yeah, so I'd say I am doing okay. How are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I am relatively the same. Okay, right now, I feel like it is this roller coaster of emotions all day long. The biggest stuff for us that has come up is that childcare is no longer available. My kids are one and four, and so childcare has been a really vital part of our life, even for the part time help that we do have. It is it helps our life run so much smoother. And it is super necessary for me and for Randy, my husband, for our own mental and emotional well-being and for me to allow my business to run as it does. And so all that has been removed. And for us, that is for sure the most significantly challenging part, just on the logistics of the day-to-day stuff and how it impacts the rest of our world. So being with kids full time every single day is really hard for me, especially as an introverted person. It is really tough. And I was just saying to Anita before we started recording that I'm finding it difficult not to go down the spiral of thinking, how long is it going to be like this for? Because we get to this point in every day for us, it seems to be like 4 PM where I'm like, I can't do it anymore. Like, how am I going to make it to, first of all, to bedtime to 8 PM, but then I have to do the same thing all the next day and the next day. And is this going to go on for weeks or months or how long? So to curb that thinking has been really necessary. And I find myself having to do that every single day to be okay, to make it to the next one. So It is hard for sure. Randy is a firefighter here, so he's still working as normal, which is, it makes me nervous too. Just the assumption probably that he's absolutely going to come into contact with people who have coronavirus and then bringing it home to us is, it's just a lot to think through for people who are still working on the front lines of this in so many sectors of the industry, him and fire and working with the public and sick people. Otherwise, my business itself has not really changed too, too much, although the economy, of course, is getting hit in all directions. So for sure, expecting things to slow down with my business likely. I think we have to prepare for that in some way, Um, but continuing to serve and show up for my clients and my community as best as I can. And for you, I know that business has changed dramatically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With um, obviously in-person appointments, I know we were talking about this before. I feel like, and I know I'm not alone in this. I'm like, I don't even know what day or how many weeks it's been. I guess we just finished the third week of not doing in-person appointments. So I made 
a quick pivot um, kind of over that weekend of, it was like that March 15th weekend. I know a lot of clinics here where I am, but in, in Ontario and Canada in general, and I know beyond, um, that was a time a lot made that change of discontinuing in-person appointments. And initially it seemed we were recommended to do it for a couple weeks. Um, and knowing how quickly things changed, like it was very apparent that it was not going to be for a few weeks. There were, it was, it, this is a longer term uh, change. Um, but I started doing virtual appointments at that point and it was something I feel grateful that it's been something I've actually been looking into doing for a while, but it just wasn't possible to do because my in-person practice has been so busy that to have time um, to do virtual appointments wasn't really there. So I think this has really pushed my, like the physio profession in general, but I know a lot of healthcare professionals um, to go virtually. And so I'm grateful that so many of my clients uh, have wanted them. And it, it you know, I, I've felt over the last three weeks doing them, it's been something that allows me to connect with part of myself before this happened. So I've been grateful for clients in that respect too, that connection and just that familiarity from before all of this change has happened. And so that's been wonderful still to support clients. Um, and, uh, and, but the difference has been because my husband, who he's an engineer, he's been working from home the past three weeks. He's still expected to work a full five days a week from home. So that means I'm unable to see my clients or the, the hours I typically would have seen them before because of daycare, I cannot offer the same amount of hours. So it's less hours um, that I'm able to, uh, to support clients. But um, yeah, so that's, that's been a big shift in many ways. And then the childcare, so lack of childcare. And so that's added what well, we've talked about. It's just, it's a lot of energy and the same, like my kids are the same age, one and four. So that's just kind of another big change. Um, but then financially too, because I'm not able to see clients for as many hours as I used to, that is a financial change for our family. Um, and then on top of that, being self-employed with what the government is so far offering um, that by still working, even though it's a much less degree than it was before, it's not looking like we'll probably be able to get any um, support financially that way from the government, just with what they've put out so far. So yeah, so that's, there's just so many, so many things <laughs> that we're thinking about and factors and challenges. Um, and uh, yeah, and it, it's just the news and everything is changing so much every day that I feel like my husband and I, like, we're talking every day about it. And it's just like things are changing, but it's the uncertainty you talked about, Jess. Like, we don't almost, it would almost feel better if we had some sort of endpoint of when things will. Um, I don't like to say go back to normal because I don't, they are not going to be the same. It is going to be a new normal. And it almost feels like some people I've noticed on social media are talking about kind of like that postpartum period of 
you're not going to go back to the way it was before you were pregnant or before you gave birth. It is going to be a new normal. So that's what I'm kind of um, working through as well is getting used to this new normal right now, but then also knowing it's going to continually change and evolve. Yeah, it's so, so true. It's just sitting in this discomfort which is so gross. And a lot of us, most of us really struggle here. I know I do, of course, which is so similar to exactly what postpartum feels like in those early months of just feeling this discomfort with your whole world and life and body being turned upside down. And this is what it's like too, because it doesn't feel like there's any light at the tunnel. You just have to sit in the feelings of it, which is a really great lesson for all of us to some degree. And I know that I don't think you need to find the positive in this. I don't think that needs to be a goal for you. For sure, there's going to be lessons for all of this to some degree, but it can also just really suck right now. And that's okay too. So what we wanted to talk about today is stress and the pelvic floor, because we have been hearing from a lot of people in our communities that their pelvic floor symptoms are ramping up during this time. And again, it's something that is really common to be happening right now during this period where life feels really chaotic and stressful and overwhelming. And there's a lot of anxiety that might be filling the space for you. So I've been hearing from people saying that they are leaking for the first time ever. It's been two years postpartum. They've never had any leaking before and it's just started up within the last couple of weeks. Their pelvic organ prolapse feels really bulgy and irritating for them more than it has in months. Lots of people with achy lower backs. What else? I feel like that's the main stuff I've been hearing. Oh, constipation, another biggie that has come up. What are you hearing from people? Yeah, I would say with mine, it typically is yeah pelvic pain um pelvic pain and low back pain pelvic girdle pain those are kind of the the key ones urgency that can be ramping up what's interesting though is yes i would say that in general that's what i've been seeing with my clients however i have had some clients where it's been the opposite which i think is really interesting so i've had some pelvic pain clients that i've been following up with virtually and their pain actually has continued to decrease. And when I ask them what intuitively, what do they think has been helpful? And a lot of them is because they actually are not at their work because their job was so stressful that now being out of that environment has actually taken a stress off. And yes, there are other stresses, um, whether it's finances or, you know, children, like we talked about, like this, the, the childcare side of things. However, that work stress environment has been taken off their plate for a couple of weeks. And so I've been finding that interesting. That is so interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's really great to think about. I was thinking about this for myself. And as soon as you mentioned the urgency piece, because for me, If I have pelvic floor symptoms that ramp up, it can be urgency and just this feeling of tension in the pelvic floor. And uh, I haven't yet experienced that, but I think it's because over the last 
however many years postpartum now, almost five years postpartum, four and a half years postpartum. I have had that experience multiple times throughout this. And I have some go-to strategies that I have been proactively employing, which we can talk about here in a second. So it's really interesting that people are experiencing kind of a range of stuff that might be happening for their body. And I also just want to mention too, that I'm hearing from a lot of my clients that the stress isn't only impacting their body in the pelvic floor, but in other systems too. And we know that to be very true, that the body in all ways can and will respond to this likely in some way for everybody. It might just show up a little bit differently. So, okay, let's talk about for the people who are feeling more pelvic floor symptoms, what might be happening in their body, in their life, in their nervous system, that this is all contributing to that? Mm-hmm. So when we're stressed or a way to look at it is our body or our brain or our nervous system feeling threatened, um, we go into that fight or flight or freeze response. And it's been interesting because that can actually create overactivity in our pelvic floor that can be actually a response to that stress so oftentimes that that is related to it um and so it's almost like a a defense or protective mechanism our body uses um is that that tension piece um side of it and also just how we experience pain so it's kind of pain can be a way that our nervous system is warning us about something or trying to protect us against something so and what's interesting we didn't um i didn't bring it up with the last question that um i meant to was all of my pregnant clients um right now that there's another element right now with fear and stress and anxiety around labor and birth um preferences they had um who they pictured could be there to support them the unknown of what might change between now and then. I know some people are concerned, potentially partners, depending where you are in the world, partners may not be able to be with you. Um, Doulas for the most part in many places are not able to be there for support. And um, yeah, so I would say with pregnancy, there is that then element of stress. And that's what I'm seeing with a lot of my clients is then physical symptoms too, back pain, pelvic pain, all these things are actually coming up that before these last few weeks either had um, decreased, dissipated, or were never there before. And then nothing else has really changed other than all these other stresses coming into play in their life. And then the, this pain has been been starting up recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we are feeling so hard for all the pregnant and soon to be birthing people who might be listening in now. It is such a load to be carrying during this time. So we're really thinking of you. It also made me think when you were talking there how this is such a good example that Kegels maybe aren't the thing that's going to be the fixer of all the the issues that you might be experiencing with the pelvic floor. This continues to be something that we see on the internet and in media that if you are leaking, if you have pelvic organ prolapse, if you have pain of some kind, then automatically your pelvic floor is weak and you need to be doing all the Kegels in the world. And especially right now, that probably won't be the answer for you. I was writing about this the other day 
just thinking about this because I know that that's probably going to be where a lot of people's minds go. For example, that a person who wrote me saying that they were leaking for the first time ever postpartum. And I imagine people Googling this and Google telling them to do all the Kegels. And it's probably just going to make things worse for a lot of people. So let's talk about what we actually can do that might be helpful during this. What are you recommending to your patients? Yeah, so there's there's many different um, things to address. If we're talking specifically about the pelvic floor, teaching them about relaxation, some people call it down training of the pelvic floor. I often use that cueing of the flower bloom breath of that relaxation. I do have some people where, because traditionally Kegels are thought of as, as just a squeeze, now, I have some clients who actually do have pelvic pain symptoms, and what they have found helpful is actually thinking of that drawing up and into the pelvic floor, but then that actually helps them focus on then the elongation and relaxation of the pelvic floor. So for some people, having that drawing up and in, but then that allows them to focus on the lengthening and letting go. Um, so that would be more kind of specific pelvic floor. Um, but then other people, I know you've talked about this, Jess, and I'll have you talk about your the breathing. I know I saw you do on the IGTV, which was great. Because some people, yes, having, for some people, they need that focus on the pelvic floor that actually helps them address it. And other people, it's not. So I have some people where they may try the flower bloom breath. And when I was seeing them in person and internally assessing these muscles, sometimes adding a cue related to the pelvic floor ends up um, overloading their system. And so for some people, it is focusing on the breath, focusing on slowing down that breath and perhaps cueing where to maybe um, more think about breathing into. I know you talk about between the belly button and the pubic bone, um, can be the rib cage. So having them focus on other areas, but elongating the breath, that will actually tap into that parasympathetic nervous system. So the more the rest and relaxation side. So deep breathing in variations can be super helpful. Often we'll incorporate, so yin yoga, uh, different postures has been shown to be very helpful in terms of um, that parasympathetic nervous system, but also with the pelvic floor um, and pain in general, that yin yoga can be quite powerful. So that's um, different postures I'll have people work on and also meditation. And I know meditation, everyone can have different feelings when they hear that word. And I would agree, I was very similar when I first started bringing that into, even as a physiotherapist learning about it. And some people think, okay, meditation is like empty your brain and think of nothing. And I think that is extremely challenging. I know that does not work for me either more of having some guidance in that relaxation. So there's a number of different ones that I have clients try. And usually we're talking about even in our session being like, what have they tried before? If they've tried it, what do they think would work for them and start with one. And then we end up kind of figuring out what works. So there can be body scans. There's one I like, it's actually on YouTube and we'll put it in the show notes. I like because she goes through your body like head to toe relaxing and actually brings awareness to your pelvic floor. So if that works for you, that can be a great one. Um, for other people, apps like the Calm app or Headspace app, uh, which do have guidance um, with them can be quite powerful and helpful as well. So finding 
what works for you. I know for me, thinking back to even after I had my first, after I had Pippa, um, there was an app that I would listen to and I listened to it while I was nursing because I found that was a great way to relax. You can't really do anything else other than surf on your phone and scroll on your phone. So um, that was kind of how I fitted in at that point. And there's great ones too, like there's walking meditations. So it's something I would say if you're hearing this, don't fully you know, close off to it yet. It's just kind of finding what's going to work for you. And then there's also a wonderful pregnancy and birth one that I had my naturopath, who's my doula with my first birth. I had her create it for my bump to birth course. So it's a bonus in the course, but she does have it on her website separately. And so it's an affirmation meditation track. It does have some flower bloom um, uh, cueing into it. And I've had a lot of clients and people in the course go through it and find it super helpful for pregnancy, but also for labor with that relaxation, decreasing stress and uh, anxiety with that. So those are all different. And there's more, there's many more options, but those are a number of the ones I go through with my clients. I love those. Cool. I have been using Insight Timer, which is a meditation app as well, like you mentioned, and doing some guided meditations as well. What I love about those types of apps is that I usually put in uh, that I want a five-minute meditation. And so five minutes and under, guided, and essentially the ones I've been doing have just been focusing on the breath and counting the breaths. So literally someone saying, inhale one, exhale one, and then going up to 10 breaths, and that's it. But it feels magical what three minutes of breathing can really do for your whole self and your whole outlook. So I've been loving that. Like you mentioned, I am one of those people who focus on the pelvic floor when I am in my head about my pelvic floor can make things feel worse for me. So we can link to this in the show notes too, but yeah, that IGTV video that I put up recently, which is a breathing exercise that doesn't focus on the pelvic floor, but in turn will help you to relieve some tension in the pelvic floor. So generating this breath and having the focus be on the lower belly and filling the space there. When I am caught in these feelings of urgency or tension in my pelvic floor, reminding myself to relax the belly and to relax my bum is one of the most helpful things I could do. Actually, I felt this this morning a little bit. I had Theo, who is 21 months, up in the carrier on my back because molars are a real asshole, and that's what's happening in our house right now. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I could feel myself instinctively tightening my glutes and my belly when he was up there. And I could feel this tension starting to rise in my pelvic floor, but in my whole body too. And as soon as I remind myself to let it down, let it go, those feelings really dissipate quite quickly for me. Other things that I find really helpful are getting outside getting out of these four walls of the house that I know we're all stuck in right now. So getting outside, super helpful. It's very much winter here still where we live. So it's tricky, but even in minus 20, which it has been the last couple of days, getting outside is really good for everyone. And the other thing that I really appreciate is doing anything creative, not 
playing with my kids because that feels really hard right now, but coloring with steel, my oldest, or painting with her, that feels so, so nice for me. I know lots of people are into the adult coloring book. So if that's something you enjoy, that might be really calming for you right now or playing a board game. Randy and I like to play Scrabble sometimes and I like that. The other thing that I've started doing recently, which is really hard for me because I get caught in this thought of not having enough time. That is kind of where my brain goes a lot of the time, but especially now with childcare being gone and again, not having any time to work. I always think that I don't have enough time to do pleasureful or joyful things, but we have been starting to watch um, a TV show every night, which Randy and I haven't done together in years. So we've been starting to watch one episode a night and laughing is really nice to do. And if you've been finding yourself not laughing very much, because I think that that's probably the reality for a lot of us, that might be something that feels good for you. So outside creativity, laughing, experiencing pleasure and joy, even in the tiniest, simplest ways, it all feels good. And it is important even in these hard times. Yeah, I would definitely echo the, the outdoors, the, yeah, any way to get outdoors and the sunshine. I know here where I am in Ontario, it's a little more spring than where Jess is out West. Um, but I often go through that with my clients too. And I'm really taking that in myself is that I, I would say I get a little frustrated on social media when I see a lot of people saying like, what are you doing for yourself and self-care and stuff? And I'm like, yeah, I got two little kiddos and my own practice. Like I'm not, I'm not taking up a new language and like, I'm not going to write a book and I see all these things and I'm like, no. And so I find that's helpful connecting with my clients because I get a lot of them are in the same boat. So it's the little things. Like I, I talk to clients, I'm like, you know, some people are really into essential oils. So I'm like, if there are certain ones like lavender or certain relaxing ones that you like, like, is there a way to kind of, it's, it's a, seems like such a small moment, but again, it's going to tap into that rest and relaxation side of your nervous system or things whether it's like if you're a tea drinker or things that you like to eat and I know Jess you've talked about this too like right now there's so much out there saying like you're home all the time you're gonna snack more and all comfort food and stuff and I'm like eat the comfort food we need the comfort however that is going to be that you access it so those again little things that it seems like eating something or drinking something or whatever just seems really little but um those different ways that you can find comfort throughout your day um, and those little pieces of relaxation because to me they add up rather than feeling like you have to wait till the end of the day and you're like well I'm just going to get tense and stressed all day and then maybe at the end of the day I'll do something relaxing if you can fit those little tiny things in throughout your day by the end of your day it could help that stress and uh, tension be less less building up throughout the day Absolutely. It really, really all does count, especially in this time. On a last note, just like you said, all the memes going around the internet about this time to be hustling and grinding and doing all these new and different things, it's just such a good reminder that this is not a restful period for most of us, especially those of us with these 
businesses that have had to shift dramatically like yours or both of us with small children at home and now finding that we are people who are doing all of the parenting and running businesses and having these major shifts in our relationship that are happening. This is not rest. This is not normal in most cases. So we're all just trying to get by and feel as okay as possible to be able to be in our lives right now. So we hope that these tips or these suggestions can offer you some calm and peace in some way and just really trusting and knowing that the discomfort that we're all feeling is productive in itself too. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 